All Around the West, Episode 25, Southern Utah State Parks. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the AllAroundTheWest.com podcast. Today, Sue and I are going to talk about some other places that we went in Southern Utah around Bryce Canyon National Park, which I think you might find interesting. Our state parks are sometimes hidden gems that we maybe don't take the time to visit and see what is um, preserved there. And so we visited uh, two or three that uh, we'd love to talk, tell you about in this episode, including a, uh, a scenic drive that we went on to visit one of them. We'll also briefly talk about uh, one of the national monuments in southern Utah. I hope that you'll enjoy listening to this episode. We would love to hear from you on Facebook at facebook.com slash allaroundthewest or on our blog at allaroundthewest.com and the show notes will be at slash podcast 25 and we'd love to hear from you there enjoy the episode so in the southern part of utah there are several national parks but there are also state parks and other places of interest so nearby bryce canyon when we visited there we went to some other interesting spots. One of them is called Kodachrome Basin State Park. It's a Utah state park. And in that state park, there are some sedimentary columns that are famous because they exist nowhere else in the world. And the geologists don't really know. There's a lot of dispute about how they got created, but they're quite distinctive. If I remember right, there's, uh, I don't know, 50 or 70. I don't remember exact number, but quite a few of these a particular columns in the state park, very distinctive. So if you go there, you get to see something that is nowhere else in the world. So there's so, there's campgrounds, there's uh, several trails. Scott hiked the Angels Palace Trail, which is a one and a half mile trail. And it winds up and around, up on top of a kind of a, a little bit of a plateau. There are rock piles and some markers to kind of direct you where to go and they take you out in some narrow areas so you can I mean you have a just a great view of the surrounding area and it's kind of fun to scramble around uh, all that red rock it's a pretty easy hike I would be very very careful with children because there are some steep drop-offs on some of them areas but you'll get some great pictures and have a great view of the surrounding area we also drove out just a little way, still inside the park, but on the little road, drove out to a landmark called Chimney Rock. It's a large column just kind of in the middle of a field nowhere. or in the middle of nowhere. Or just It's all uh, sagebrush scrub and there's a column sticking up there. Yeah, and there are uh, hikes and other some dirt roads you can use to get to some other areas, a number of, of hikes, both easy and strenuous around the area if you want to see some of the other columns. You actually get to Kodachrome Basin State Park off of Highway 12. Uh, it winds uh, through uh, right on the edge at this area of uh, the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. The Highway 12 is designated as an all-American road, which means that it has uh, 
two of six designated intrinsic qualities. If a road has archaeological, cultural, historic, natural, recreational, or scenic qualities, then it can be designated a scenic byway if it has one of those, or an all-American road if it has two. And so Highway 12 is an all-American road because it has two of these. And you can get to this Kodachrome Basin State Park directly uh, south of Highway 12. So Utah has several scenic byways, but Highway 12 is Utah's only all-American road. And this all-American road is a fairly new designation by the federal government. So We've mentioned some things already in, in the last podcast that you can see on Highway 12. One was the Red Canyon area uh, as you are heading uh, from uh, the Panguitch area over toward Bryce Canyon, you go through some of the areas that have some some of the distinctive hoodoos that are in Bryce Canyon, and you see it there. But there's a, a quite a few beautiful scenic vistas along this highway. The uh, Highway 12 has several overlooks that you pull out, you know, with interpretive signs that uh, show some very interesting areas some things that um, uh, John Wesley Powell discovered and um, a lot of just interesting, pretty things along with some other state parks and a lot of different things that are along the way there. So while we were there in Kodachrome Basin, we also wanted to see Grosvenor Arch. Uh, Grosvenor Arch is named for the Grosvenor family that started the National Geographic magazine, Gilbert National Geographic Grosvenor. Society. And Scott is uh, distantly related to the Groveners. His grandmother was a Grosvenor. And so we wanted to go see the arch. And um, so we headed out. And we were traveling not in our larger, high-off-the-ground SUV, but in our smaller sedan, sedan lower to the ground, which is more comfortable for driving and gets better gas mileage. But it's not so great when you're going out on dirt roads in the middle of southern Utah. So it had been raining the week or two before we went, and as we went out to, to Grosvenor Arch, there were, it was up and down, you know, hilly. And we were clunking along out to, on the dirt road. And we got to this one low-lying, deep area. And it kind of split into a Y. And so there were two low-lying, deep areas, both of which were covered with big, deep puddles. And we could not see the bottom. Wasn't worth it. There is no cell service out in this area. I mean, when we say you're in the middle of nowhere, you're in the middle of nowhere. No cell service of any kind. And they tell you if you're going to go out into these areas, you got to be prepared to to take care of yourself. So just at that point was not worth the chance that we might get stuck. Who knows how long we would be there waiting for somebody to come and pull us out. So that will have to wait for a subsequent trip. Scott got out and scouted and couldn't see the bottom and the bank was muddy and we just didn't feel like we had traction. Yeah, <laughs> and I saw somebody came the other way and went to the other, other uh, you know, puddle. I called it a puddle, but it was more than a puddle. <laughs> it was a anyway, small lake. And, and they splashed through with the water coming easily up past their, their hubcaps. And I thought, and they were in a, some kind of a Jeep thing. And I thought, okay, there's, 
There's just no way. I'm not going to chance it. I'm gonna if I, if I drive into this thing, we're just going to go head first right into this <laughs> this little puddle of water and be stuck there forever. So we'll do that another time. So but that that's, is out there. So. Yeah, and and it's actually part of the grand. It's right in in the grand staircase Escalante National Monument. So which is right there, right next, next to Kodachrome, right next to yeah. So it's, it's a huge area down in southern Utah that was designated as a national monument oh probably 20 years ago now during the Clinton administration caused a lot of controversy in Utah it uh, is intended to be not well developed not developed at all so the only the only paved roads that go through it are the highways that were already there when the monument was created there are no others it's all dirt road back road and when we went to the visitor center in Escalante and got some information, the the uh, ranger told us that that was by design. They don't even publicize where everything is in the park. It's kind of a an adventure, it's kind of a, an exploration thing. You you go and look and see what you can find. They'll tell you if you if you ask about something specific, but they won't necessarily publicize everything that's there. Yeah, that was interesting. This was a a unified agency visitor center because there's national um the national monument administered by the national park service the forest service and the blm all have this unified agency a visitor center because all those federal agencies own land all around down there which is another controversial thing in utah but they work together to administer these lands and all there in the town of Escalante, there are all kinds of outfitting, outfitter shops for slot canyons. And we, we just kept seeing signs. So we asked this uh, ranger and like, are there, where are they? Yeah. yeah, are there slot canyons in here nearby and where are they? And his, <laughs> his answer again was, yeah, well, we don't really, there I may don't be. know, there might be, whatever. <laughs> Anyone you're and, interested in? Yeah. But he wouldn't really come out and say, yeah, go here and see them. Right. No, yeah. you know, here's a map. Here's where they are. I'll point to you, which is, which was interesting because normally you, when you go to a national park, you go talk to the ranger. What's the first thing they do when you go to the visitor center, right? Pull out they pull out the map and they're like, here, 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 here. they're pointing to everything yeah. on the map. Oh, make sure you go see this, go see that. No. Was not like that at all, and he said, "If you're interested in doing some slot canyon, whatever, yeah, go talk to those outfitter people. They'll take you out to find something, whatever." I mean, it was just like total, totally, totally different than yeah. than other every other place we'd been. Yeah, so that was interesting. So it's you, a different kind of a model. To, yeah, and he and he said that the model is and not totally, everyone agrees. <laughs> yeah, um, is totally different. And so if you are planning to go there, you need to um, do some investigation on your own. You need to come prepared. No, sir. There's not services, really. I mean, there's the town there, but you need to come prepared to take care of yourself. You need to have your supplies for camping, for backcountry. And you need it's it's rugged. It's primitive. You need to be prepared. It'd be a pretty cool place to explore. Definitely. And uh, there are roads through them. They Many of them are impassable when wet. And it doesn't rain very often, but when it does, you're going to be stuck there. Flash flooding. For, yeah, flash flooding. 
but there are uh, a number of distinctive and well-known landmarks in the area, Groven Arch being one, a hole in the wall on the eastern edge is another, hole in the rock, sorry, hole in the rock. Um, and anyway, it would be cool to, to go to, but yeah, absolutely, be absolutely prepared and completely prepared to take care of yourself. So 12, uh, Highway 12, as I mentioned, winds through parts of the monument, uh, and there are, you can pick up a brochure at one of the visitor centers that shows you some of the uh, viewpoints along the way. There are some historic things as well. There's an Indian granary that you can see from the road along uh, east of Escalante, up in the cliffs, where they have a have created the 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 uh, Native Americans have created a a place to store grains and food supplies and things, and right. you can see it from the. It's a cliff dwelling. It's a cliff and, dwelling, and the granary is still still like, there, intact and yeah. visible. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah, and you can see that along with many other areas there. So that's a cool area. Yeah, very interesting. All right, so that was things that we had seen down close to Bryce. Uh, on our way home, back north, we happened on something else, which was pretty fascinating. It is the Fremont Indian State Park and Museum. It's located on I-70, about 20 to 25 miles east of Richfield. And if you're heading north, because you've been visiting parks in the south and you're heading up to Yellowstone or Salt Lake or other areas, it's well worth your time to spend a, a couple hours exploring this area. Did I say east of Richfield? It's west of Richfield. So the, the main attraction of this park is petroglyphs, thousands of them. Yes, all throughout a, a very small area. The museum and the state park and museum are located inside of uh, Clear Creek Canyon, and I-70 travels through Clear Creek Canyon. So one of the interesting things about this area is that the main uh, Fremont culture settlement was on top of a ridge there by the canyon. The... The group lived there about a thousand years ago. They were agriculturists and uh, they were related to the Pai, the modern Paiute Indian people influenced by the ancient Anasazi culture. The Fremont name comes from the John C. Fremont and the Civil War general explorer of the West. And so that he... The culture was given that name in the 20s based on the river nearby. Um, but these people lived on this ridge in this canyon. So there was water, sufficient water for agriculture. And uh, they had a highly developed culture, petroglyphs all over the place. And they were settled in this area. So they could, because they were agriculturists, they were sedentary sedentary meaning living in one place so they could draw the petroglyphs and um in the 1970s when uh they were building the interstate i-70 it was decided that they were going to go through this canyon and part of the contract was that they were going to dig away this mount this ridge and use that for the underlayment of the freeway and as they started digging that, that's when they discovered the remains of this village, which ended up being quite large. So archaeologists came in 
They did all kinds of excavating and the the ridge was still I think they said like half of it was taken. I think it was more down, than half. Two thirds yeah. of it. Yeah. So there's only just a tiny little bit of the ridge left right next to the freeway with with some remains up on top. Everything else they all the all the artifacts that they found, they took out, they mapped everything, and those artifacts are in the museum and then they've other been places, other places yeah. to other museums. Um, so quite interesting. So that's how they, they found it and then and they just built marched the freeway. through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure these days they would do that, maybe. I don't know. It, it's it's a big deal to move the freeway, I suppose. Um, and part of the contract they said with the people who, the companies that were building the road was that they were going to take this mountain and not knowing that it had this, the remains of this culture there. And so they just went ahead with it, but they did allow the, uh, the, um, archaeologists to come in and collect things and map things and study things. So anyway, in this area, because they lived there so long, there are literally thousands of petroglyphs. There are about 16 different hikes that are noted in the area. You can uh, get interpretive guides from the visitor center to, to use with you on those hikes. There's one right there by the visitor center, one that goes low, and then one that goes up on top of the rim. And even down, if you go to the one that's low, uh, you know, very easily accessible from the museum, from the visitor center, you can see a lot right from there. I mean, they're all over. I mean, it's not just like one or two, it's a whole bunch. And Most if, of the hikes are short, they're not, Right. Really long. Uh, but some are quite long, and, and one of them lists, you can see 1,000. Lists, how many you can see? It says 1,000. So there are considerable number of petroglyphs. Uh, so it's an easy, easy place to get to off of I-70, and you could spend just a, an hour at the visitor center museum looking at things and, and walking around the short hikes there, or you could explore that all day oh, and yeah, see you all could, that you wanted. You could spend a whole weekend yeah. just just hiking all around, going on the long hike along the rim. But even if you're just doing a drive-by, just uh, to go through the museum and see the stuff in the museum quick. And then just like Scott said, if you just did the little hike, that's it's a little paved trail that's right there by the museum and it just goes by these cliffs. And so totally wheelchair accessible and easy hike. Anybody could do all paved. Even if you just did that, that was fascinating. Sure. You saw just amazing petroglyphs. Mm -hmm. And then if you have more time and are feeling adventurous and want to go off and do some of the others as well, there are some, we saw the Arch of Art, which is just from the museum, just on the frontage road, just down the way a little bit. And it's just right there by the frontage road. So you can just drive right there and sit in your car and see that. So yeah, it's it was just like a- Pretty neat. May, yeah, a hidden jewel. I didn't, I've heard of it. I knew it was a state park in Utah, but I did not realize the amazing wealth of artifacts there and the petroglyphs. So, yeah. As you drive along the frontage road, we kept knowing, uh, sorry, we kept seeing numbers along the side of the road, little signs with numbers on, wondering what those were. Turned out they were markers of places that you could go and and see these petroglyphs and uh, you could get the interpretive guide from the visitor center in order to see those. They actually have them on their Pinterest page as well, they said. So you don't have to. If you're getting there at a time after hours, 
you can if if I think there was service there if I remember, but you could go to your to their Pinterest page and download them ahead of time and see. And we'll have links to all that in the show notes for this episode. So I think sometimes we we concentrate on the national parks. I mean, they they capture some beautiful areas, you know, stunning as Bryce Canyon was and many of the others that we've mentioned along the way, but there are some hidden gems in the national monuments and in the state parks, and we've seen a number of those. So don't ignore those. Don't forget those. There's a, a lot of neat things to see in those areas as well. Absolutely. We've been to state parks all over the West, and it's amazing the things that you find in the state parks. They're usually not as big, not obviously. Right. Um, but, yeah, amazing, amazing things you find in the state parks. And usually they're not as crowded and they're close by where you live, maybe. And so spend a, spend a Saturday, go find a state park by your house and go, yeah. go see something new. Definitely. We had uh, up in Montana, we had been to, do you remember Petroglyphs Caves yeah. State Park? Yeah. And uh, that was pretty neat. That is, I'm just looking up the podcast. That was podcast four. Um, and we also uh, went to, was the was first jump? Was that a? A state park? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. f- first first jump. Was that right? Am I saying that right? Madison. 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 First people. First people. Yeah. And uh, the Madison Buffalo Madison jump Buffalo was jump was park. also, right? Uh, the, we went to the Gray Cliff Prairie Dog Town State Park in Montana. Uh, so anyway, there are lots of things around in the state parks that are pretty neat to see. So make sure you put those on your list. Well, that's all for this episode of the allaroundthewest.com podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you do, if you did, uh, we would love it if you would go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That lets us know that uh, you've, uh, you've heard us. And uh, if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And this is the podcast for allaroundthewest.com. Where's your next adventure?